you're listening to a very special episode of the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast. Woo! This is a Pokemon episode! Yay! Hooray for Pokemon! <laughs> Yay! We're going to be talking everything about the new upcoming games, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, coming out November 15th of 2019. That's just a little bit away. I am joined today by AJ ID. Hello! And Nicholas Cavedo, the 2038 Pokemon CEO. Hello, everyone. I'm always scared to breathe during those when I have to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Oh. Cool. Well, Nick, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy student schedule. I know you have high aspirations, so we appreciate you taking some time to come talk to us about Pokemon. And thank you for having me. Awesome. We're so appreciative of this. We're both really excited to start this conversation. Uh, you guys have been following what I call the wild ride, as we'll get into the conversation for a while. So I'm actually excited to talk to you guys. Awesome. <laughs> so instead of what we were playing today, I wanted to get into our history with the Pokemon franchise. AJ, when did you start playing Pokemon, or what was what was the first thing of Pokemon you came in touch with? Well, since I'm, you know, in my 30s, <clears throat> 32, uh, I was old enough to, as mo- I think a lot of us on this podcast were, uh, to be around for the original Pokemon Red and Blue on the original Game Boy. So that was my first experience with Pokemon was I had the red one and I remember as a kid having to choose, but I didn't know anything about it. I just picked red because I liked red. (laughs) So that's what got me started on Pokemon. And I remember, I'll actually never forget this. It's kind of a weird memory ingrained. I guess that's kind of how video games work, right? They, some synapses in there form memories and then you can kind of bring them up. Um, I caught, and Nick, you might have to help me with, or Nicholas, you might have to help me with the name, but I think it's called Zapdos or something like that. Yeah, Um, Zapdos. Zapdos, yeah, legendary bird Pokemon. I caught that one with, like, a Master Ball or something, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was, like, 10 years old, so I didn't really realize how cool it was at the time, but later on, looking back, I'm like, I'll never forget that Zapdos. It was pretty sweet looking, and that's probably one of my favorite Pokemon still just because of that that little moment there. Um, but after that, I didn't play a Pokemon game until Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, <laughs> like, last year. <laughs> little jump. <laughs> yeah, so I went... Basically, the entire existence of Pokemon is between, like, the last game I played and the most recent game I played. <laughs> Did you happen to miss the phenomenon that was Pokemon Go? Well, I guess, okay, I had that downloaded, and I caught a few Pokemon, but I would never say that I, like, legit played it, so I guess mostly yes. I mean, I had it, I walked around, like, outside my office building and, like, caught some, like, Rattatat or whatever they're called. (laughs) Um, For sure, for sure. But yeah, I never got into it, I never got, like, friends, I never did the gift exchanges and all that, but I appreciate the phenomenon that it is. But yeah, for me, that's pretty much the extent of my Pokemon experience is those two games. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I also had Pokemon Red. It nice. was one Christmas morning. My parents bought three 
Oh, me and two of my other siblings, Game Boys. Oh, wow. So, it yeah, it was super cool. Like, we woke up, and we each got a Game Boy with each oh, a different game. Fuck. That's a smart so, move by your parents, though, so that the kids aren't, like, fighting each other for the Game Boy. <laughs> right, right. So, I got Pokemon Red. My sister got, I think it was Barbie Race and Ride for the Game Boy. Okay. And then... My little brother got Pokemon Blue. So oh. it was kind of perfect to yeah. where once we had gotten to the point of the game where we knew, okay, we can't fill out Pokedex because we're missing this Pokemon, this Pokemon, this Pokemon, this Pokemon. And I remember looking up on like N64.com, um, <laughs> just IGN back then, but trying to figure out which Pokemon I needed to fill my Pokedex from Pokemon Blue and which ones he needed from Pokemon Red to fill his Pokedex. So just going through and like, trying to figure all that out and then of course like if he was behind or something like that going to friends at school and training with them so that was that was a really big thing that i remember in that game and also trying to navigate uh, what was the what was the name of the mountain in kanto that was you couldn't see in it not moon mountain no uh rock tunnel rock tunnel yeah so I remember trying, or I remember navigating Rock Tunnel without Flash, because I couldn't oh. figure out, <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to train the Pokemon to do those special things. So I was like, "All right, well, I guess this is just a dark tunnel, and I'm just gonna figure it out." <laughs> so just like stumbling, stumbling through the Rock Tunnel and finally getting out. And it, I remember it taking me like hours and hours and hours and hours. And every time I boot up the game, I'm just standing outside of Rock Tunnel. I'm like. <laughs> I got. I gotta go in. <laughs> I gotta go in. I gotta try to. I gotta try to get through. I wonder how many double A bat or yeah double A batteries you wasted in Rock Tunnel. <laughs> oh my God, so many, so many. <laughs> and then I finally got through it. And then I think the next one, like the next one, you're required to learn a surf or something. And I was like, oh yeah, I can just teach my Pikachu surf, and oh I can also teach my Pikachu flash. <laughs> and then going back into Rock Tunnel and being like. Oh, I can see everything now. This is that was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Game changer, quite literally. It it really was. It really was. So, oh, well, that's yeah. Great. I played Pokemon Red. My brother later got uh, Pokemon Yellow. So after he was done with that, I played that, oh. which was which was a fun game. I got really into the anime and the card game also when I was a kid. So I I had thousands of Pokemon cards. I was the only one of my friends who knew how to actually play the game. Because so many people just loved collecting them, but I actually knew how to play the game, so it was kind of a big deal for me to to be able to do that. Because then I could actually like, teach my friends how to do that and play with them. And that's kind of the Pokemon card expert in terms of playing the game. I'm uh, back in that day. I'm actually glad that you brought up the cards because I totally forgot about those. But I lost all mine. You still have yours, don't you? Yeah. I I actually do not. I oh. <laughs> so it was like years later when I was coming or when i was in high school and i just went to a hobby shop and brought them all in and said okay how much like would these be worth and they're like honestly they're not worth much more than they were when you bought them so i would save them and keep them for a little bit longer i think actually right now they're worth quite a bit if you have some of those first edition cards um especially now i think pokemon's really starting to make a big comeback um at least you know the pop culture zeitgeist than it was a couple years ago but I think that's largely because of the popularity of Pokemon Go and that kind of coming back, or that being 
back into the limelight. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I t- so I took them home and they sat in the drawer for another year or so. And then my little cousin was super into Pokemon and my uncle came up to me and said, hey, he's really into Pokemon. Do you have any of these Pokemon cards? And I said, oh, here's <laughs> a drawer full of thousands of them. <laughs> so I just opened up this drawer, like literally handed him the drawer and said, yeah, just give him all these. Um, <laughs> and he, he even asked me then, he's like, well, do you want any money for him? And I said, no, they're, you know, it, we're family, number one. And number two, they're not worth much more than when I bought them. So it's not it's not that big of a deal. So he took them. And now I don't know if he still has them, my cousin. I, I should actually ask him if he does. Yeah, there's probably but, a couple good ones in there, depending on what you have. The only good one that, that I can remember that would have been in my collection had it survived was that Blastos with like the almost like foil, like reflective background. Yeah, it was yeah, like a Charizard and a Blastos. Yeah, holographic. I had a holographic Blastos. That was like my my uh like my one true ring. <laughs> I was so proud of one of the first cards that I got was a holographic Mewtwo, and I was so proud Ooh, of it. That's like, probably worth something now. <sighs> maybe I don't. I don't think it was as rare as a Charizard though. Oh yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh man, in the game. Mewtwo is the most powerful Pokemon, so this has got to be the most powerful Pokemon card. And it wasn't at all. I played him way too much, and I lost with him way too Ooh. much. So. Well, there's one on Etsy for $2,000. <laughs> uh, well, there's one on Don't, don't tell me this. Don't tell me this one. For $750. The one on two for $2,000 seems overpriced, but... Oh, wait, no, there's another one for $3,000 thousand dollars although that's three of them never mind so the mewtwo one might have been good i think the the movie probably made the value of that one rise don't you think the there was when that pokemon movie came out i think it was i think it was the year 2000 when it came out and nicholas maybe you can correct me on that i'll explain in a little bit you guys keep talking i want to hear you guys the stories of pokemon before i start telling mine <laughs> all right cool <laughs> okay for sure i don't need to sit here and fat i don't need to fat fact check everything you guys are saying oh <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah that's great <laughs> so around that time when I was collecting the cards, like I was a major fan. Like I loved the movie. I don't know if it was the first movie, but it was on. It was when the anime was kind of just getting started in the first couple, mm-hmm. in the first couple seasons. And they had that movie, and that movie was. I, I loved that movie. It was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I cried at the end <laughs> of it. It was so sad. And I do remember they gave away a Pokemon card when you walked into the movie theater. That was one of the things they gave. That's and cool. I. I don't think that it was compatible with the card game. It looked different than oh. the cards that came with the card game. It might have been a Mew card, because I think that was the... The movie is when they introduced Mew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think I could totally be wrong with all this, because I was a child and obsessed, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember writing, like, fan fiction about Pokemon. Like, <laughs> I was, I was awesome. deep in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I might have it somewhere, actually, at my parents' house. Like... I'm going up there soon. I should try to try to find it. Reading on the podcast. Right on. <laughs> You're a ten year old writing. writing well, we could do fantasizing a about series on games monsters. fan fiction. Do you have any other like top like uh besides Pokemon or other <laughs> fan fiction? Yeah, um God, what was the name of that beach volleyball game? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I know what you're I know what you're implying, but I can't remember what it is either. <laughs> Some beach volleyball fan fiction's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, so I got into the cards and then um after a while the fad was kinda over and I I really held on for a long time and I played that card game for probably a year later than all my friends did. Because again, I knew how to play the game and I was one of the only people that was really committed to actually playing the game. I did play some Pokemon Snap. I loved that game. That was a lot of fun. Nice. I continued to play Pokemon Red and Blue on and off all through high school. I did not actually pick up another generation of Pokemon games. And then when Pokemon Go came out, I just kind of became obsessed again. And nice. really, really dove into Pokemon Go. It came at a really good time, too, because that summer I was traveling for work. So oh. I was going to oh. Indiana and Alabama and California. I was kind of going all over the place so i had like the opportunity to once i got into these cities just to like i would get out of the airport and just walk around and try to catch all these different pokemon that's because awesome. i was like because you know they put like higher concentrations of pokemon in like different cities or in different areas mm-hmm. and then they would change them out every once in a while it was cool because i could find all these new these new different pokemon that i had i wasn't able to find in my town that's awesome so, and that pretty much so, leads me up to now all right so the reason I am terribly being quiet, I've been very quiet during this conversation, is I'm going to age all of you in a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I was too young to even read when Pokemon first came out in America. I think I was two years old. Okay. Maybe no. like one and a half. <laughs> so the first Pokemon games I played were on... I believe the Game Boy Advance SP and was yeah, I've Pokemon, got one, I'm looking at one of those right now actually. It was Pokemon Ruby. So okay. Yes. I joined a lot later than all of you guys. <laughs> so what what generation of Pokemon was that? That was generation three. So I okay. didn't play red and red and blue until a few years after that. So I've Missed that giant wave, and yeah. I was mainly just caught in the oh, Pokemon is a great thing to put your child in front of because you're not going to get something terrible. And yeah, right. n- now, 19 years from now, I have a dream I'm going to become the Pokemon Company CEO. <laughs> so, Pokemon's been with my life since that moment, and I've never fallen out of it. There are times I get pretty annoyed with the company. People mm-hmm. were very when Pokemon Go came out. I had mixed feelings, but that was my own like selfishness about how, hey, I was bullied playing Pokemon growing up, and I kept getting messages from all these people about, hey, let's play Pokemon, Mr. CEO. Let's go play oh, Pokemon Go. Yeah. So it, it's something I was like against at first, but now I've grown up. And matured as a, a self. I'm like, if someone's like, hey, long time no see. And even if they were like mean to me, I'm like, hey, let's go do something at least. Yeah, that's kind cool. of that. I, so I, I mean, wasn't not cool big that. Fan. Yeah, not cool that that happened when you were young, but cool that you were able to realize that. And yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I've played Ruby. I've been obsessed with the card games, the spinoffs, and I have played every installment since Ruby. And I played the older ones too now. So I've just sort of been all about it. <laughs> There's not much I've missed. 
<laughs> That's pretty Perfect. awesome. So yeah, you have some pretty lofty goals to be the 2038 Pokemon CEO. Not only that, you're a kind of funny best friend, which is actually how our podcast even came together. John's not with us today, but he wrote into kind of funny for a squad up, which is how we all met. And now we have a podcast that you happen to be on. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So I was wondering if you could maybe just tell people a little bit about like what what the deal with this scream your dream mentality that I've seen you talking about a lot on Twitter and like how that yeah. came about. So get ready for a little chat. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> uh, I am most known for out of this entire Pokemon CEO dream. For 121 days, I carried a broken clock around Japan. I've lived and studied in Japan for a year and a half. I'm currently back in America, getting ready to apply for my master's degree at various programs. Okay. So I carried this broken clock and I collected signatures from people I met along the way. Part of my dream is Pokemon is a Japanese company. I am a American Midwesterner who did at the time didn't speak much Japanese. So I have this entire mountain I have to climb in order to get into Pokemon entirely as Pokemon Japan is where I'll have to break into. Mm-hmm. And there's just, not many uh, non-Japanese, non-Asian employees in the company itself. So I already have to break that hurdle. Then I'm out here saying I'm going to be the CEO. So I have to have even more eyes on me and proving I am working towards this dream. And I know the marketing. I know in the investors. I know X, Y, and Z. I know what I'm doing. So when I was carrying this clock around collecting signatures, and the reason we carried collected signatures on it is my friend kind of like made a joke saying you should carry this broken clock and collect signatures in Japan. And I'm like, all right, bet. <laughs> okay, hold on one second. I'm going to stop you real quick. So I was going to ask you what the inspiration for the clock was. Your friend was just like, why don't you get this signed? <laughs> yes, because yes. there was this broken clock. That's an entire like book itself that was from my university. It's been broken. It was broken for six months. and I'm known for my presentations for my attention getters. I have actually received standing ovations from my classmates for my attention getters in my speeches. So one of them was, I'm like, hey, this clock's been broken. I took it and I put a photo up of myself. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys will get it back after Japan. And when I walk back from campus, I'll just bring it back. It'll be beautiful. It's going to be funny. Okay. And then <laughs> and my friend's like, why don't you just take it to Japan? It's broken and have people sign it. <laughs> So I was like, I'm going to have to carry this around for 121 days, around, <laughs> give or take that, depending on when I start it. So I'm like, right. perfect, let's go. <laughs> That's, what we That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so the scream your dream part came from one of my professors who signed the clock, told me, in order for your dream to become true, you have to scream it or no one is going to be able to help you. Okay. And she used an example of her friend who she didn't give what country she lived in, but it wasn't Japan who wanted to work in the government under the prime minister in the education department and how she was just a normal teacher. In order for her to get that dream to happen, she had to keep talking about it with people. People disagreed with her. People agreed. And because she kept talking about it, people were like, hey, I will help you in this, this, and this. And it took years and years and years. But now she is actually working with the prime minister in that country. Wow. Education department. And the big advice... 
you gave was, hey, scream your dream or else no one's going to help you, even if it goes against the culture. And that's the big thing right now is saying I'm going to be the Pokemon CEO fits in with American culture, but goes against Japanese culture where they're more humble. Okay. I'm not going to speak for the society as a whole because I'm not, uh, you know, expert at it. Right. I'm with me saying I'm going to be the CEO is kind of it's not kind of it's very rude. <laughs> is it so now? Okay. I, I do want to ask, is that a little taboo for you to kind of assume you're going to come in and run this company? Because I know like in America, we would say like, yeah, you got balls, man. You're going to you're going to do this. Yeah. And like we're rooting for you. Yeah. Um, so have I've, you gotten a similar response in Japan or? So you may have seen this advertisement I've posted that was me saying in 2038, I will be the CEO on an official Pokemon advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yep, see yep. that. <laughs> so what happened with that was they were interviewing me and they were interviewing guests about, hey, you're a foreigner. Tell us what you like about coming to the Pokemon Center. We're going to use this to help boost our sales with foreigners and yes. so that you don't need. So they were interviewing me and I was actually able to tell them when products cycle out what Pokemon Center is known for what, what's around the Pokemon Center, what Pokemon gyms, how many gyms, what days they host events. <laughs> <laughs> and the people were like, you know so much about our company. So I just look at the camera and I say, in 2038, I will become the Pokemon CEO. And they gasped because they're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and after the interview, because they asked me a few more questions, they asked me to like point to stuff at the store. A fun joke they said is, who's your favorite Pokemon? And we'll talk about this later. And I said, Bidoof. And the employee was like, so show us where Bidoof in the store is. I just look him dead in the eye and say, he's not here yet, but he will be soon. (laughs) 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 And it actually, during my time of visiting the Pokemon centers, my first day back in Japan, because I took a year off to come back to America, and then I went back for another semester with the clock. Uh, my first day in Japan, I was a few hours in, and a lady walked up to me at the Pokemon Center and asked for help. And I was uh, told her, why would you ask me just out of curiosity? And she thought, I thought you ran the place. And I'm like, oh, you have a fun story you're about to hear. That's awesome. <laughs> Perfect. So, while I was actually in Japan, I actually, I know it sounds like, oh, I'm, I'm so much better than everyone. I would actually help foreigners even though i didn't work for pokemon in translating for them and some employees would just get used to it and like he's the future ceo go house we'll talk to you (laughs) (laughs) so while i thought it would go against the culture as a whole some employees have been a huge help in wanting to help make my dream come true when that ad aired i specifically messaged every one of my friends saying there's no way they're going to air anything about me because i was the arrogant american saying i'm going to be the ceo and then I was scrolling through Twitter and I just saw myself uh, <laughs> and it said in 2038, I'm going to be the CEO. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> well, there seems to be this mentality. Well, yes, it's rude. Some employees, I don't even have a number, are relatively helpful. And I've noticed with the younger people I've met in Japan, they seem to be more willing to help. So I don't know if it's a generational thing that we may, a shift we may see. <laughs> or, or just nice to my face but they have been pretty helpful well i can it's imagine great. when you're the fact that you just know so much kind of gives you like some street cred i guess and <laughs> i know 
so much, but there's still so much I have to learn. For example, I, on my Twitter, am taking early term investments. So if you're supporting me as Pokemon CEO now, I'll remember it when I'm Pokemon CEO. Oh, dude, I love it. Put us on the list. <laughs> and, Please. Uh, one of the yeah. common things I get is why can't we have Pokemon Snap 2? Why can't we focus more on other generations? Why, for example, are not all the Pokemon in the Pokedex anymore? A controversial decision that I won't get into right now. Like, why can't all the Pokemon be? Why can't we do this, this, and this? And I just tell them, look, as much as I want that to happen, companies don't run too much on guts anymore. They have all the data in the world. There's clearly data that's showing them that what they're doing is working. But when I come in as CEO, there's going to be drastic changes that I don't know if I will even feel comfortable doing. So part of my campaign is because 19 years is so far away from now, I'll always add if I when I release like a new statement. So I am going to make Pokemon Snap 2 within my first generation as Pokemon CEO. Nice. <laughs> excellent. excellent. Tell, Love that game. What I tell people with that is if I was Pokemon CEO tomorrow, here's how I would handle it. Because again, in 19 years, there's going to be like 200, 300 more Pokemon. The console landscapes are going to change. So there's all this stuff I have to study too, which I think boosts my cred. But also, if I was CEO today, here's how I'll make these decisions. That's awesome. <laughs> there, was a game break inter- there was an interview with Pokemon director Junichi Masuda and uh, Amori-san, and they were talking about... Game-, game Informer told them, who do we have to beg for Pokemon Snap 2? <laughs> so, part of this whole... CEO thing has kind of become a parody and I screenshotted it and I just put a photo of that Pokemon ad being like direct all Pokemon Snap to request to me. That's amazing. <laughs> so I've gotten oh, good at riding the hype wave that when Pokemon does a marketing thing, I'll do it. And a key example, I know we're way off topic, is in February, Pokemon King and Queen were being tossed around the rumor cycle for weeks. And I knew they weren't going to be the game name. I didn't know it was going to be Sword and Shield. <laughs> I looked and saying Pokemon is translated into seven languages right now. Uh, adding a gender title name is just going to be a mess when you're working with Spanish, you're working with French, you're working with all these oh, other languages. Sure. Just a mess. So what I ended up doing <laughs> was I bought the domain name PokemonKingQueen.com. <laughs> And I redirected it to Pokemon's main website and went to bed. And when I woke up, I got all these messages from people from France. I was on 4chan. <laughs> I was on Bolopedia. People were going through this. And I felt re- pretty bad. And I joke, no, I didn't feel bad because this is exactly what I wanted. And my friends helped made a website that if you go to it, says in 2038, I'm going to be the Pokemon CEO. (laughs) (laughs) And I switched it after it started getting enough thread. So I have to, in order to get their attention, which I think I have at this point, I end up doing all these crazy, like, multi-dimensional chess moves, as my friend likes to call, and I have to outthink Pokemon, but (laughs) not outthink them where I'm going to get in legal trouble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, oh, a, that's, that's a that's a probably a good thing good thing you don't want uh, your future company to sue you before uh <laughs> before i have no 
I've joked I would fight it in the court case. I'll be like, hey, I just wanted to really work for the company. I'm just trying to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not, actually, uh, you're not outthinking them if you are them. <laughs> yeah. So part of the scream your dream mentality is, well, the clock worked when I was in Japan because I was able to carry it around. If I take a photo of the clock, no matter what, you can see more signatures on it because it's a one like dimensional, you know, flat panel. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do a social media campaign. Every time a Pokemon employee would see it, I would just pull it out and they would see more signatures. And every signature is someone who gave me leadership advice, has a story, either helped change who I am or was just like, hey, let me sign your clock. <laughs> I can point to each signature and there's around 130 on there of leadership advice they gave me, their story. So one of them, my train start caught fire in Japan and I stayed five hours helping confuse commuters because I had nothing better to do. I could go <laughs> home and I could be on my phone. So I said, I'm going to be on my phone at the train station and just help people who can't speak Japanese. So I stayed there for five hours helping literally four or five people. It wasn't much, but mm-hmm. one of them, hey, you're a great kid. Let's go home. Let me like talk to you about your dream and everything. And he signed the clock. So I can just point to that signature and be like, that's where I learned, used a bunch of my perseverance advice. That's where I made memes for five hours about my train catching fire. And I, <laughs> the area, I actually got to talk to people from like South London and all these other areas of the world that I would have never met. And I can just point to that guy's signature. And I can do that for all 130. So getting back from Japan, I had to brainstorm with my team about what am I going to do next? Because we're like running this, you know, presidential campaign at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, yeah. uh, and Pokemon is in D.C. and Japan. And if you know what happens after the clock. So I had this idea. I'm going to yep. carry a 25 pound desk. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everywhere yeah, I, was... <laughs> I carried a 25 pound desk because one, there's more space for signatures. Two, uh, it's a lot out there. It's like, what in the world is kid doing? Uh, it actually made me practice because I got so many looks from people because people aren't used to carrying around a desk collecting signatures that I'm not, no longer embarrassed when I give public presentations or I mess up in public because I'm like, listen, I've had eyes, honest to God, glare at me while I carry this desk around. And again, I'm collecting signatures on here. And another key thing is I persuaded 160 people to sign this desk. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some leadership advice. Here's my like, we can take a photo. Let's make some memes together. And again, I can point to all 160 and be like, this person told me culture each strategy for lunch every day. So if you're running a company and you have this great business plan, but it goes against your company culture, your company is not going to survive. Another one told me good leaders don't hide. If you are a leader and you're in trouble, go up and say you were wrong and be like, listen, I will take the punishment and people will give you a less punishment and they will respect you more. Okay. And 160, I could just point to a story and be like, this is someone who's helped me. This is someone who's helped make this dream come true. And without them, I wouldn't be here. And then the fourth key thing is I have upper body strength now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, never, I never really did weightlifting. And here I am trying to figure out how am I going to carry this desk everywhere I go. I honestly carry it everywhere I want. I brought it into restaurants. I brought it into class, car dealerships. My car purchase was, can this desk fit in this car? 
<laughs> that is a great part of the story that I feel like is yeah. underrated. <laughs> yep. And I had the Kia dealership sign it because I had a Kia. And <laughs> when they they brought me the first car, it was just the car. And I literally put the desk in and I said, all right, this is the car. And they're like, you, do you want to hear any of the features? I'm like, no, I know this is a car. It's this desk. We're going, let's go. <laughs> And they're like, this is the weirdest but greatest like purchase ever. And they signed it. And when we signed it, we like held it up in the Kila dealership in front of all these cars. And then they're one of the 160 I can just point to and be like, listen. And then after the desk, people are still demanding more signatures, which I'm fine with because each one is helping me. Right. And I now carry another broken clock as sort of a symbol of, hey, it's been one year. It's my final semester. Uh, I'm looking towards applying to. Cornell, Stanford, and a few other Ivy League schools for my MBA, which is funny because my opening line to all the school is, in 2038, I will become the Pokemon CEO. That's <laughs> awesome. Hey, quick question. Did you break the second clock, or did you find oh. another broken one? No, so what happened was I bought this one on Office Max. The receipt is taped to the back, and my friend broke it for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Perfect. I've had the opportunity to be trained by a hundred executives on how to be a proper CEO. And it all relates back to Pokemon. I know I'm trying to get back to the topic. Oh yeah, no, this is these, great. Each, each one of these is teaching me, here's how you run a company. Here's some advice I have. Here's how you handle hate criticism. So on Pokemon fan base can be relatively toxic at times. And it yeah, can also absolutely. one of the greatest fan bases I've ever seen. And one thing I have to instill learning is how do I handle this toxic part of the community and not give up? So I meet with political leaders. I meet with people who trend on the internet and I contact, I just write to so many executives being like, here, give me some advice. And most of them respond. Huh. And one of the best ones I've gotten was from the former mayor of Rochester, Mayor Brady. He was talking to me about, hey, what, I'm a politician. Here's how I handle hate, and here's some advice. Always remember to be compassionate. You don't know why they're angry. There could be something going on in their life. Just take the hit, and you'll be a better person. And then I combine it with the other advice I've gotten, which is good leaders don't hide. So when I'm getting toxic feedback, I remember to be compassionate. But if it's toxic because of, hey, I may have said something or I may have acted in a bad way, I'll admit it. And then I will talk back to the person in a polite way. So it just keeps going back and forth about how all these signatures are forming into me becoming a better leader. So it ends up working out. <laughs> well, speak, speaking of all this hate, and maybe this is a tough question, but what happens if the worst happens and you don't become the CEO of Pokemon in 2038? Do you have a backup plan or is it just straightforward to the goal at this point? Uh, I don't expect Pokemon to hire me, actually. And okay. This is, this is nothing against the Pokemon company. Like, no one's told me, like, oh, no, we're not going to hire you. I've just done so many wacky, crazy marketing plans. <laughs> I also bombed historic Pokemon photos. So when Pokemon Center Yokohama closed, the Pokemon company, Junichi Masuda, the series director, Junichi Masuda, was there. And they told everyone, hold up your Pokemon merchandise, take a photo. And I held up that clock. I don't know if you've seen this photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I have seen, seen photo, that photo. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So <laughs> I photobombed that entire photo. And I'm over here like, hey, you guys now know who I am. And they're probably like, 
we can't edit this guy out. (laughs) (laughs) And then I buy the domain name, King and Queen. Even though that wasn't the domain name, I still was like messing with their marketing by redirecting it to Pokemon.com and then riding the wave. Uh, Again, my dream goes so against Pokemon, well, Japanese culture entirely, that I probably have, you know, made some people angry. But if you look at where I came from this, so in high school, I wasn't the best student. I struggled in classes. Freshman year, I was placed in an alternative learning center for help getting people because I was struggling so much in classes. And now here I am. Hey, Cornell. Hey, Stanford. Hey, Brown University. Hey, Harvard. You know, hey, Berkeley. Like, in 2038. I dream to be the Pokemon CEO. But if you listen to the speeches I end up give, I say, and at the end of the day, I just hope to have to be happy. I hope to not have, getting a little dark here. Uh, in my area where I go to college, 66% of students, according to the local newspaper, are food deprived. They wow. have food security. 52% of residents in my area, according to the Mankato Free Press, struggle with rent. And I'm like, I just hope. I'm able to outmatch these numbers and be a better person. And at this point, I feel happy about my dream because if you Google Pokemon CEO, I'm the first result. We, I, I told Gabe about that before we started this recording. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing yeah. that that you've been able to get that that done. <laughs> I've, oh well, I've never officially applied for a position at Pokemon, but I'm like they know how to contact me. They should be able to. They, yep. This, at this point, whatever. And I don't want to get like mentally stuck in like, oh, my life is going to be terrible if I'm not Pokemon CEO or Pokemon ever hires me. Because again, going back to all the leadership I've gotten, I had the BMW Japan president and CEO sign the clock. <laughs> and yeah. that's a whole story in itself. And his advice to me was, hey, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. So how he runs BMW is trying to avoid Insanity but trying to win against Insanity. I don't want to put words into his mouth. It's been a year since he said this to me. Mm-hmm. And how I go about it is if I keep saying I'm going to be the Pokemon CEO and I have the mentality I'm not working with anyone else but Pokemon, I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to end up being depressed. And there might be other opportunities or better jobs out there that I'm passing down. Okay. That's commendable, I would say. <laughs> it's a great outlook. Yeah. You... I mean, you just continued to surprise me. And again, not to not to belittle anything you're saying or not to belittle you yourself, but that's this conversation yeah. is wonderful. And it's I'm amazing. just I'm learning so much <laughs> from you just about about myself if, and about kind of dreams and following them and everything like that. And I feel like it, it really does inspire me. So I just want you to know that before we go any further. I've mean, got a lot more to go, but <laughs> oh, if you look at the kind of funny you, you met me from kind of funny. If you look at how Greg, Tim, you know, the, the whole cast will talk about me. And I think it was April. They had they spent two minutes talking about me because Greg, the host of kind of funny, was like, hey, uh, is this guy like legit? Because <laughs> 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 like, I write letters to executives all the time. And one day I sent one to Greg Miller and then I met Tim Getz from kind of funny in Japan. I'm like, sign this broken clock. Let's go. We're going on the wild ride. And the reason I call it the wild ride is every few days, just something else happens that's completely unexpected. It's like a roller coaster. So I went to a job fair yesterday and I joke the point of a job fair is to get a job. Mm -hmm. However, the employers, it was for entry level work. 
you know, internships, and this is not a knock at any of the employers. I was vastly overqualified for everything. <laughs> and here I am about to graduate college thinking I'm no one's ever going to hire me. So one of the employers was kind of upfront, like, listen, we're for entry level internship people. No, nothing like against you. Can I have your selfie? And I was like, what? <laughs> so like, again, it's like the wild ride of unexpectedness. It's like he goes to a job fair. Okay, guys, we'll hear about the interviews he's gotten. Wait, selfies? Wait, people just want to like meet him. He Oh, people see him as famous. What the, what's happening? Like <laughs> just all over the place. So, and then for example, another part of the wild ride is I fly out to Cornell University on Sunday because the retired Nintendo of America uh, president and chief operating officer Reggie Filzame teaches at Cornell now and he's doing his first open lecture and I'm going to attend I'm going to raise my hand and I'm literally going to be like in 2038 I dream to be the Pokemon CEO and I'm going to ask him a few leadership questions if I've given the opportunity there's no promise of any of this and that's why it's the wild ride because <laughs> something's going to happen I know it is. it can't be this simple <laughs> and I'm going to ask like him you. <laughs> you never it, know it, again you never know. it might be that simple <laughs> I know that's what you would hope and again the BMW CEO came out of nowhere Hideo Kojima the creator of Metal Gear Solid and a founding pillar of what PlayStation is today retweets my letter of how I'm going to be the Pokemon CEO oh my <laughs> like, god I didn't know that that's awesome <laughs> yeah in my CEO letters you'll hear every sentence I write is a story in itself so, so if you were to pull me aside and be like this is a fake sentence I will be able to direct you to the full story. So I condensed the entire story into like an anime title. <laughs> right. And one of the one of the sentences I write is I have left Kojima Productions employees crying tears of joy. Since this has happened, I've learned from again all my CEO training. Those were contractors. They weren't exactly employees of Kojima Productions. So what happened was at Tokyo Game Show, Kojima was giving a speech. And if you don't know who he is, he is a rock star in the industry. There's very few people like him. He has like this reality distortion field around him. Mm -hmm. He's a big, big guy. And the crowd was going absolutely insane. The cops had to show up to help police it. And wow. so the cops showed up. These contractors were in the crowd kind of patrolling them. One of them broke up a fight. I don't even know what was happening. Again, I don't really speak perfect Japanese. I walked around and individually thanked every single one of them and said, thank you for your work. And they're like, who are you, Pokemon CEO? One of them high-fived me. We cracked some jokes. I would just go around the show floor. <laughs> and the reason I ended up doing that was I got leadership advice from someone, a retired elementary school teacher who says, if you forget your roots when you rise up the ranks, that's how toxicity spreads in the workforce and how your company will no longer be good. So I'm like, okay, I see Kojima up here. It's pretty toxic down here. He probably doesn't know what's going on around here. So I just walked around and thanked everyone. I could. <laughs> and then again, stream your dream. I end up writing to Kojima like, oh, whatever. And then Kojima Productions ends up retweeting it. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, Kojima is like larger than life. <laughs> And I don't think Kojima Productions, anyone remembers who I am. And I don't like bringing up, there's some stories I don't like bringing up. That's one of them. Another one is Rooster Teeth, former IGN and now Funhouse employee, Alana Pierce, got stuck in Japan. And she made a tweet saying, can someone help me? And I'm not joking. I was making a meme about chicken nuggets because I make memes a lot. 
<laughs> I saw the tweet. And I was like, oh, I'll help. But again, I was a no one at the time. But I was like, I'm just going to start going on the off chance. And she's like, hey, I've chosen you to help me. And I was like, all right. I mean, I'm grateful for the opportunity. And I ended up helping her get out of Japan. She had issues with her visa that she needed to pay. And I ended up helping. It was, again, a wild ride. Because, again, I was there. Okay, guys, we're going to post some chicken nugget memes today for no reason. And next thing I know, hey, guys, I'm saving someone from being stuck in Japan. (laughs) That's amazing because I am a huge fan of Alana Pierce. And I was just watching some random YouTube video of hers recently. And she mentioned this story. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember when the video was actually published. It might have been like a recent video. But yeah, I just remember being like, oh, I didn't know that about you. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's one of those stories I don't like taking huge credit for there's some of them i love doing like i will take credit for taking this clock and this desk around like i will take all the credit and if you sign it kind of it's kind of just assumed that i will eventually bring up your leadership advice in your story uh however i'm aware that social media has been kind of been turning you know maybe it isn't as good as we think it is and Mm -hmm. i don't want to do content creation for a living i want an office job you know i want to be an executive i want to help run a company so I avoid talking too much about the super positive stories because it looks like I'm fishing. And okay. then uh, you know, yep, yep. You know, I don't want it in my head to be like, I'm only doing this because it will make me look good on social media. So there's stories I don't end up posting. Like I run a 5K a day. And one time on my run, I a person, it was 2 a.m. A person comes up to me and is like, help me find my dog. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go run around. I'll help you find your dog. I didn't end up finding it, but he ended up finding his dog. And again, it's one of those things where I could post like, oh, I was on a run at 2 a.m. helping this guy find a dog. I found someone's health insurance info that they needed for reimbursement on my run. And I ended up trying to return it until I realized, oh, no, this is not the exact copy they need. But I'm still keeping it in my home in case for whatever reason I'm stopped at that eye doctor and I can just hand it to them. And I don't like posting about that because it's like, why am I doing this, you know? For that just to did get you, like the likes yeah did you put a classified yeah. ad in the star tribune by any chance about that no no okay <laughs> I don't, the I classified ads that. in the star tribune yeah. popped up was like with almost that exact story so so oh. <laughs> it's just funny <laughs> yeah i would probably look at that at least and then so what ended up happening like other stuff that happens is when i was in new york my favorite story of the desk is i went to new york with a 48-hour notice, because Pokemon was holding an event, and they said it would be a Q&A event with the Nintendo Treehouse, and you can talk to them. So I assumed they would be there, and then they canceled the event. So people are like, hey, the Pokemon CEO's here, and that's why they did it. That's why they canceled the event. Um, (laughs) But, again, that's the wild ride. So what ended up happening was my hotel staff became so like positively happy with my dream they all got this mug and they all signed it and gave it to me and they jokingly gave me an executive like card into my room they filled it with candy and they said don't forget us and their leadership advice again was hey when you become pokemon ceo please don't forget about the employees who are doing the grunt work and again i applied it to my life and i still think about those employees i thought about reaching out but i don't know how many of them are there I have their mug locked up because they said, when you're Pokemon CEO, put this on your desk. So the first, the Nintendo Direct when I'm Pokemon CEO, 
boop, slam that mug on the ground with no context. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, man, I could honestly just talk about this story forever. It seems like this is amazing, <laughs> but we are doing a Pokemon podcast, so we might as well talk about yeah. the upcoming game, um, yeah. which is going to be the eighth generation of Pokemon games. It is called, well, there's two versions. There's Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. It's releasing on November 15th, 2019. It's going to be set in the Galar region, which is basically a Pokemon, like, United Kingdom kind of, like, pseudo-map, I guess. It's going to include three new starting Pokemon, which are going to be Scorbunny, Sobble, and Grookey. Are we pronouncing those right? (laughs) Yes, you are so far. Okay, Scorbunny, Sobble, and Grookey. (laughs) One of the jokes is if you're this far in you at least know stuff about pokemon uh one of the (laughs) jokes is uh there's a happens to be a lot of firefighting starters for the last there's like three games in a row there was firefighting starters and score bunny is a bunny who looks like he could fight (laughs) so there's all there's been there's all these articles about like what's the big deal with this firefighting starter and a joke within my community is the next person who makes me mad i'm just going to start making firefighting starters off that's all you're going to (laughs) get that's awesome just three of them three fire starters that's all yep and every generation is always going to be firefighting starters like get ready thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) and then you you make Uh, the you make the first, uh, like, a water psychic gym. This is going to be the first gym. I'm sure. <laughs> they get super oh, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so they're also adding a new mechanic called Dynamaxing that will replace Z-moves yes. and Mega Evolutions. Um, and apparently even Poke Jobs that help your Pokemon gain experience. Do you know anything about that? Uh, like, so I don't know too much about these games i've purposely been somewhat avoiding uh-huh. the marketing wave uh right now i don't even know if i'm gonna have time to finish them as you can see from the talk we had before this my life is insane and i've sort of sat this entire console generation the ps4 xbox one and the nintendo switch just on the sidelines uh but i know there's one dynamax pokemon that's become a big meme and that is they brought back fat pikachu, fat pikachu! Yeah. yeah yeah i saw you tweeting about this yesterday <laughs> please elaborate <laughs> yes so as part of my pokemon ceo campaign my campaign slogan is fat pikachu is fake <laughs> uh, which uh, we'll get into <laughs> I, just, I will I, say one yep you can go ahead as as someone who played Pokemon Red first, I think you're lying. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain the whole campaign about it. Uh, yeah, and I want to say one thing before I talk about this. The beauty of this whole 2038 Wild Ride thing is I've sort of learned how to market Pokemon in a way where you don't need to know Pokemon to follow my dream. And that's why I've been able to get so many signatures. So one of my biggest campaign slogans is Fat Pikachu is fake. Because if you remember Pikachu from the 90s, I'm going to break character quick. If you remember Pikachu from the 90s, he used to be a fat 
chunky guy. Yeah, I actually yeah, had, had a plushy, a plush, like a fat Pikachu yeah. plush. My dog ate it back in the day, but. <laughs> and as Pokemon continues to redesign Pikachu, he's gotten skinnier and skinnier, and is the Pikachu we know today. Uh, so I run my campaign as Fat Pikachu is Fake because the current Pokemon president and CEO, Sunukazu Ishihara, for whatever reason, has approved this new design. So I have to like continue his legacy on making sure Pikachu stays the way he is, and thus Fat Pikachu is fake. And if you look at all like the marketing for it, the Pikachu artwork, he's just become skinnier. The 20th Pokemon movie was a remake, like a remix is a better word, of the first season of the anime. And they put frame by frame of what happened in the first season, and they put the skinny Pikachu there. <laughs> so oh my gosh. Yeah, I just ran by this fat Pikachu is fake. And even if you don't know Pokemon, people will just say, oh, fat Pikachu is fake. And if you remember Pokemon from the 90s, which is what a lot of people remember, they're like, oh, his whole thing is fat Pikachu is fake. And that's how I can sort of start a conversation with him. Or, hey, I'm on team fat Pikachu is fake. Let me send all these fat Pikachu photos. Or, hey, I'm on team fat Pikachu is real. Like, let's let's do this together. Or like, you know, like it's sort of become this political battle within my group. And one of the key things, though, about fat Pikachu is fake. And Ken, clearly he was real. But it's improved my impromptu public speaking. One of the big things as a CEO is you need to be able to give speeches on the top of your head, defend company decisions and be able to market kind of on the spot. So people will send me fat Pikachu photos and be like, defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I end, up having to, yeah, I end up having to give these speeches about how, no, this Pikachu is propaganda. This Pikachu <laughs> is a bootleg. Oh, clearly, if you look at the year, the year doesn't match up to what we are now. Or like, <laughs> oh, no. So I've gone. I've ended up going so far. I love it. Someone told like me so to defend fat, yeah, someone, I, someone told me to defend, like, if fat Pikachu is fake, explain this. So I ended up going on this, like, two-minute rant comparing fat Pikachu to Russian propaganda <laughs> and about how it influenced the 2016 election by Pokemon Go releasing in 2016, and the nostalgia for Pikachu was at an all-time high. And if you look at Google Trends, I'm like, look, guys, this is it. And again, all about the work I'm doing at the end of the day. <laughs> and it's just, it's been a again a wild ride. So when they released Dynamax Pikachu, I like Giganta Dynamax Pikachu, and he was fat. My inbox was destroyed that day. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up to all these people tagging me. And if you go to my Facebook, my profile picture is fat Pikachu, and I put I'm going to read you directly what I wrote. Quote. I have always been the biggest fan of Fat Pikachu. Can you all believe people did not believe he was real? A bunch of laughing emojis, and then in parentheses, spare me. Because <laughs> 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 my page has started to, like, as I bash Fat Pikachu, I'm aware it looks like I'm doing, you know, uh, fat shaming. You're looking at him saying Fat Pikachu. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you, look at, if you look at what I compare Fat Pikachu to, I'll be like the corrupt CEO. And there was this one video about look at these dogs enjoying the snow. And I'll, for no reason, I'll be like, Fat Pikachu was responsible for this. And people are like, oh, look, we love Fat Pikachu. It's making people happy. 
<laughs> it just turned into this insane thing. Insane. Like, when I started saying it, I didn't assume Pokemon would bring back Fat Pikachu. And a few weeks ago, I said, as Pokemon's CEO, I will publicly release what happened with Fat Pikachu. Because, again, he was fat. What happened? And then people are like, oh, my God, he's starting to see the new light. And one comment was like, I now am voting for you as Pokemon president. And I said, I replied, just because I'm going to say I know what happens to Fat Pikachu doesn't mean you're getting him back. <laughs> they beat you to it, though. That's I know. Uh, and some of my community members have been like, no, this is Pokemon acknowledging you without saying it. I, mean, I don't want to take credit. I'd rather remain humble. But I've been saying this for three years. I've confronted employees being like, you know what happened? Where did he go? <laughs> and again, they've made the decision years ago to bring him back. But I'm over here. My community is like, they obviously know who I am. I was in that ad. I trend on Google. I've done all this <laughs> other stuff. But now I'm in like PR crisis mode. So I've been making all these posts about how fat Pikachu is Jesus and anyone... I think I sent a message to my friend today and I said, quote, uh, anyone caught a slander in the name of our Lord and Savior, Fat Pikachu, will be punished to the highest extremes. <laughs> I saw that one you made about Pikachu or Fat Pikachu rising around this day. He rose <laughs> and the fun thing about all this stuff is, again, when we talk about being an executive, I had to learn Photoshop to make that. I've had to learn like how to edit videos. I've had to learn like, hey, what memes are popular? Like, how do I go about this? So again, we're kind of off topic, but yeah, Pokemon Sword and Shield are coming. Fat Pikachu's back. Oh, hey, yeah, no problem. I do, this, uh, that's what I this do is. have a, I've got yeah. a theory about what happened to Fat Pikachu. And you can tell me <laughs> if I'm right or wrong, Pokemon CEO. Yeah. Go ahead. Pikachu is fat in blue and red. Yep. But in yellow, he wouldn't stay in the ball. He just followed you around. He's just walking behind you constantly. So I'm thinking what happened is he just he just lost it all walking. I, walking I, hear, I hear beautiful things about like, oh, we did. So when the Area 51 meme was popular, my oh, God. like, <laughs> Fat Pikachu is in Area 51. That's where the Pokemon City <laughs> was. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. When we go back to the impromptu public speaking and about how that's a key thing as a CEO is to be able to speak and sell, I had to start like making Area 51 memes and like all this other stuff about Fat Pikachu. And if you just look at it, it's like, what is with this guy? But again, I'm learning so much about how to run a company from Fat Pikachu, even though it doesn't look like it. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess... Um, I mean, there's not a lot more to cover as far as it, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield comes. I will note that uh, it looks like there is a new... Is it Galar or Galar? Galar, from what I heard. Okay, we'll and go... As, with... C... <laughs> as CEO, whatever I say is canon, so it's Galar. <laughs> All right, let's say that. Uh, so it looks like there's a Galar re region variant of Ponita, which everyone's freaking out about because it looks like a cotton candy my little pony pokemon yeah and that one is exclusive to shield yes and then the other one sir fetched yeah he's the new wild duck pokemon 
Let's see. Farfetch'd that inhabit the Galar region can evolve into Surfetch'd after experiencing many battles. However, this new Pokemon is exclusive to Pokemon Sword. There was something about Surfetch'd that I don't have in front of me that I actually heard Andrea Renee talking about on What's Good Games. And it's something about how if the Farfetch'd loses something, it like... Oh, it will like from battle if it's uh i don't know what you would call that leak leak oh yeah yeah Yeah. it's leak and it was super depressing like he just his leak dies and then he just like goes off and like it's by himself (laughs) uh on the topic of going a little bit back on ponita i don't know if you saw my fat pikachu post with with uh glarian ponita uh, where when it was shown, people were sending me like, oh, what's your thoughts? Or look, Nick, how cute it is. And my like official CEO response was, this Pokemon is an international treasure. It cannot be tainted with by the, in- like it, it cannot be influenced at Fat Pikachu. We must protect it at any and all costs. There are no- <laughs> 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 And I, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm very excited for these games. I don't know what to expect. Which There's one gonna be, are you going to get? Are you going to get both of them, or are you going to pick one up first? Or? Uh, I typically get both, but because of my schedule, and like I'm so close to graduation, and I didn't, we didn't even talk about something, which I'm gonna, we're going to glance over to avoid a huge conversation. I'm biking to Stanford from Mankato to Minnesota to Palo Alto, California for 2,000 miles over 30 days, so I don't want to buy too much stuff. We're ending that conversation here. We'll be here all day when we talk about that. <laughs> I've sounds been, good like in one, one version and i've decided i'm going to get the opposite version of a twitter account who goes by the name at bootleg pikachu zero but okay. his name is bootleg pikachu and he'll tweet me about how fat pikachu is real and for my birthday he wished me happy birthday and it said bootleg pikachu happy birthday mr <laughs> nick tomato <laughs> and they're posting it and people are like hey that's the fat pikachu but like again he's he's being silenced <laughs> i i told people whatever game he's going to get i'm going to get the opposite he informed me yesterday he has shield on pre-order so i'm getting sword okay <laughs> sounds good i like that answer <laughs> um okay well i guess the very last thing we have on our little doc here is a writing question that I've been saving for you because it involves Pokemon and yeah. we didn't feel like we had, well, maybe Gabe does. I didn't feel like I had the, uh, like, I guess the street cred to answer it, but um, Sarah from Australia writes in, she's at Dutchie underscore 86 on Twitter, and she writes, my question is, what is your spirit Pokemon instead of a spirit animal? Which Pokemon best represents you? Today, my spirit Pokemon would be Slakoth because I'm totally unmotivated at work. So, Nicholas, what would be your spirit Pokemon if you can't nail it down to one? That's fine. But <laughs> what, oh, what? I already have one. That's why I'm like, how long do you want to be here? <laughs> oh, great. No. That's great. <laughs> uh. Do you guys want to go first, or do you want my CEO well, speech on my spirit Pokemon? I I will go first. My spirit Pokemon is Snorlax. I just want to sleep so much that I got to block the road, and nobody can get through. 
and that's fine because I, I can't be bothered to wake up, but nobody can ever wake me up with anything they try to do unless they've got a magic flute. Okay. That is my spirit Pokemon, Snorlax. I like that. <laughs> magic flute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say that my spirit Pokemon is... Man, I don't have an answer for this. Do I have to have an answer for this? Let me think. No, you don't. Sarah's gonna be pissed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell her on you. Oh yeah, she's gonna hear this, isn't she? Is there a Pokemon that's like hungry all the time? I should know that there's Pokemon to eat. Oh, there's Munchlax. All right, I'm going with that Munchlax because I got the munchies. (laughs) That's the free evolution of Snorlax too. Is it actually? Oh, hilarious! All right. (laughs) Perfect. It's you and me, AJ. Eating and sleeping. I like it. Okay. As Pokemon CEO, I am pretty much required to have a favorite Pokemon and a spiritual Pokemon, or else I can't, my campaign wouldn't be where it is today. Uh, my favorite Pokemon, and you better get used to it because you're going to see him everywhere, is Bidoof. B-I-D-O-O-F. His name comes from Beaver and Doofus put together. <laughs> Bidoof, <laughs> Bidoof is going to be the third mascot of Pokemon right underneath Eevee. It goes Pikachu, Eevee, and then Badoof. So oh, Badoof, so cute! Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Let me get, let me he? get my paper. He's a beaver. Okay. <laughs> let me let me get my like papers ready. Like, okay. So Badoof's story in Pokemon Mystery Dungeon: Explorers of Sky and Explorers of Sky released in 2010 on the Nintendo DS <laughs> was about how his dream was to become the best explorer. Okay. Uh, his his chapter was called Bidoof's Wish. No one really believed him. There was a time where he was bullied. His parents wished him good luck. He went on a great adventure. His own team, like his rescue squad, to put it really simple, was like, oh, we're going to assign him the easy task. He got in trouble a lot. And eventually he had to go save uh, someone. I don't know exactly who. And he went on, no, he tag team with, I believe, a Snover. And he went on this big adventure with him. At the end of the adventure, right when he's about to get, like, the treasure chest, the Snover turns his back and they, like, you know, get betrayed because Badoof is a doofus and doesn't know what's going on. Uh, oh, but no. Badoof's team ends up to come help. You know, power of friendship anime stuff starts happening. <laughs> and <laughs> able to make his wish come true about being the best explorer. But instead of being wishing for his dream, he wishes to have friends. And Aww. my whole thing about Pokemon CEO is I'm aware my dream may never come true. I am reaching so high in the sky that even industry like officials are like, hey, there is a chance your thing isn't going to come true. You even asked me, what if your dream doesn't come true? And Badoof ends up wishing for friends. Uh, my whole stance of Pokemon CEO is the best part about my dream is the people I meet a lot. All the hundreds of signatures, all the people I meet at Pokemon events, the children who have come up to me with Pokemon cards asking for signatures, the people around the world, and everyone. It's everyone. Yeah, that is amazing. Poetic. You, you, you again, you're just you're just such a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better not have like a dungeon or something like that. <laughs> and, 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 and again, there's the fat Pikachu thing that like that's like <laughs> and uh there's all this great stuff and i'm gonna plug something really quick in november we're not ready for the release date 
a documentary about my work titled History Remembers the Fools will be released. Uh, I'm not sure if they're gonna, what they want me to say yet, but it will be published. You'll see it on Twitter. You'll see it everywhere. Uh, we plan on uploading it for free. We don't want to charge people for it because, again, all the people who help my, make my dream come true. It's professionally edited in shot because part of the whole joke was, LOL, as a meme, Nick faked having a documentary being filmed about him. And then we released the first trailer and talked about death and everything. People were like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's going to be a documentary about my work that will go over, you know, it interviews people. I have not seen the editing. I'm not allowing myself to be, like, in the editing room because I don't want to be, like, like, influencing their decision about Mm -hmm. what they want to show or not. So I can't even really tell you what it's about other than it follows 48 hours of my wild ride and the people I meet, they interview a few people, we collect a few signatures. You hear stories of the executives I reached out to, how some of them have helped me, how some of them haven't. In my free time, for example, I could be playing video games. I could be out partying. I write letters to Obama being like, hey, there's this broken clock you need to sign. Hey, Elon Musk, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. And again, those letters help me practice my CEO experience. <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool. I always retweet your stuff when you're like tweeting at Elon. <laughs> I know. Because I want him to do it. <laughs> I see. I've sort of realized if the executive finds out, they actually will go through with it. And part of the reason I go for like Elon Musk knowing he won't see it is, hey, I now I'm trying to persuade someone over Twitter. Someone who has great influence has signed this broken clock. Here's how I can go about it. And if he sees it, he's probably going to be like, listen, this kid, I like him. And he meets. And then, you know, I don't ask for a job. I don't ask for money. I don't ask for like, you know, I'm going to use you in the future. Like, just give me leadership advice and help make me a better person. Yeah. And then those letters of CEOs, you'll see, I limit myself to one page, single space. They're typically 500 words. I have to convince that person to sign this item. But also when I tweet them, I get mixed with their following. So their followers start like joining my wild ride and we just turn into this, like, it just turns into a party. That's awesome. (laughs) I am. I'm really, really, really glad that we got a chance to talk to you today. Yeah. I was expecting a lot of things out of this interview and I'm I'm so so very happy with the outcome of this not just you know for oh. content of course but also just like to have a conversation with you and to meet you and to have you inspire me um in everything I do it's, it's just so you know <laughs> yeah me too and once again I really wanted to say thanks for taking your time out and being really really easy to schedule time with to be honest with you <laughs> you're open to so, everything we suggested <laughs> yeah well how it works is for example i do have a job i work at a gas station and when i'm not at that my whole outside again i sound like i'm an elite person and i don't like saying like remember when we talked about about saying the good things i end up doing which i don't talk about mm-hmm. is i end up uh doing stuff that I don't like publishing, which is I write letters to CEOs. I don't go to parties. I've actually, my five years of college, I've never been to a college party. I've had only have alcohol in a few sips and it's only for a meme because I only drink water. Okay. <laughs> and I end up just getting all my homework done and all this other stuff that 
I'm I'm very flexible with my schedule. And I just tell people like, no, you tell me when to meet and I'll work my schedule around you. Because, for example, after this, when we, immediately when we hang up, I'm going to keep working on my Cornell application and start working on my Brown application. So it's like, oh, someone messages me. Let's go hang out. Let's time this clock. Let's go. <laughs> well, I think I can speak for everyone on the Most Normal Gamers podcast when I wish you luck in your endeavors. And I hope I get to sign that clock someday. Yeah, if I do digital signatures, if you can't meet, but I try to make that only if you can't meet because it would be done in one day. And I don't want my handwriting all over this clock. I, I do want to say um, I live about maybe 30 minutes north of Mankato on 169. Yeah. yeah, just come, just come. Again, it's the wild ride. Just come sign the clock. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I might. <laughs> I might go down there. <laughs> so I, you I, I've had just I've wild stories. The most yep. wild part about the clock the first clock was i wanted the pokemon director junichi masuda and the ceo sunukazu ishihara to sign so bad but again pokemon has a policy where they can't sign items that aren't officially branded so i left a blank spot on that clock (laughs) so for for months this blank spot just started getting like it was clearly visible and i had to tell people who were signing it no this spot is for them because I was hoping, like, you know, maybe they'll break their one rule and support my CEO dream. You know, right, maybe right. they will. <laughs> so I present the clock to Mr. Masuda. And he just doesn't have time to sign it. You know, I know the policy that he can't sign it. So he declines. If you go to Famitsu Magazine, the largest video game magazine in Japan, on the launch of Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu recap, you will see me standing there with the clock. Yes. yes. (laughs) I've seen that picture too. (laughs) Yeah, you'll see him there. So what I started to do after that was I'm going to make a blank spot because, you know, maybe he'll change his mind. Maybe Pokemon will be like, sign it. We'll get free PR from it. And like, it'll be great. So what I ended up doing was I had AirPods with me throughout that whole trip. And every time someone would sign, I'll slap my AirPod case on that blank spot. So if you zoom in on one of the photos, the last photos of Japan, where I hope everyone signed the clock and all the comments are, excuse me, what's this blank spot? <laughs> so I had to do this marketing campaign for this blank spot. And remember I told you about the friends who helped, you know, dare me to bring this clock and get signatures. Yeah. I ended up having, I ended up having them sign it because I'm like, listen, you guys, the rule is you have to be in Japan for the first clock. But you guys came up with the project. And the director didn't end up signing it. But for weeks, all I was getting is, what's this blank spot? And I had to make all these memes about, what blank spot? What are you talking about? <laughs> and people were like, oh, first bat Pikachu, and now he's going to start erasing stuff from the clock. I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go. <laughs> Conspiracy theories already. Yep, yep. Nicholas, if people want to follow your wild ride, where can, how can they get in contact with you? There's three locations, and we'll talk about the first two because they're simple. One is at Cavedo Nicholas, Q-U-E-V-E-D-O-N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S on Twitter. My main Facebook is facebook.com slash NickRQ. It is a personal like Facebook. It's not a Facebook page. Again, I refuse to be a content creator for a living, and I don't want to get boggled up by the numbers of my account. So I purposely use, uh, uh, you know, Facebook friend account, as you could say, not business page. Right. And the third 
one is you can Google Pokemon CEO and you'll see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be the best one for sure. <laughs> Pokemon company employees themselves that Google search result and they're like, what in the world? <laughs> in DC, Pokemon employees are like, oh, you're cute out your dream. And I would literally use the Google search as an ID and be like, no, I'm serious. Talk to me. <laughs> it was just beautiful because they were like, let me do it on my phone. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I also have the at Pokemon CEO on Twitter because I sniped that before the current Pokemon CEO could. That's amazing. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and when I did that, Twitter shut it down because, of course, I'm not the Pokemon CEO. And I wrote in the Twitter support being like, actually, this is mine. <laughs> and it was probably just a bot who was like, oh, he wrote in to dispute it. Let's right, right. give him the account back. So now I have at Pokemon CEO. And it's beautiful because some people will just tweet at Pokemon CEO thinking they're complaining <laughs> to the real Pokemon CEO. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I, I, I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> I told, I'm like, if Pokemon wants it, they can just take it, even though the Pokemon CEO would probably go by his first and last name on Twitter. But I'm over here like, all right, Pokemon, people are literally tweeting at your Pokemon CEO at Twitter with complaints. Let's go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, you're already working for them. <laughs> well, again, like, well, if my dream never comes true, it already has partially come true in all these other aspects. Like, being on TV in Japan saying your dream first on Google search, you've photobombed how many Pokemon photos, you've done this, this, and this. Like, it's all been worth it. That's, <laughs> that's great. And, uh, you know, we're going to help you with your dream as, as much as we can, with whatever we can do. So I, I want to thank yeah. you so much for coming on again. And just like AJ said, for being, for being so easy to get in contact with. And yeah. we, we certainly appreciate it, and again, we're we're big fans of you, so we're we're rooting for you. We're really pulling for you in the Pokemon 2038 CEO race. For sure. And uh, also, let us know if you ever are coming up to, or let me know if you're ever coming up to Minneapolis. Maybe we can cross paths oh, that way. If you if you honestly just tell me to come up this date, we can work it out. Again, my schedule is so flexible because again, I'm on the campaign trail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And again, for example, let's say I end up going up and for some reason something happens. Again, it's the wild ride and there's all these other things I can end up doing in the city. So if you have a date in mind, talk about it, send me a message and we'll get it worked out. And for the sure. best way to close this is my Facebook right now. Someone posted about how fat Pikachu is free. And I commented all these heart emojis acting like I love this. And the reply, shut up, faker. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to the mostly normal gamers podcast if you've got any comments questions or anything for us you can find us at twitter at mn gamers podcast or send us an email at mn gamers podcast at gmail.com you find aj at aj underscore id that's e-i-d-e you can find me at gabe fall everywhere Go ahead, give us a follow. Um, give us any questions you got. We're hoping to do more of these kind of interview sessions uh, as the podcast grows. Nicholas, again, we're so grateful for having you on here. AJ, uh, thank you for 
setting this all up. Thank you for editing it. We're really grateful to both of you guys. Or I'm sure. really grateful to both of you guys personally. Um, and I'm just I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah, so, for sure. Thank you very Nicholas, much. You've gained some fans. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, and happy gaming. Bye.